Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur. Hi there, and welcome to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. The Gondrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is Jonah Tacoma. Jonah Tacoma is founder of cannabis marketing and lifestyle brand Dabstars. Appealing originally to dabbers all over the world and reaching almost a million and a half Facebook followers, Dabstars has now expanded into cannabis retail, podcasting, and other new ventures. Jonah's bombastic approach to hype and spectacle marketing makes him truly a cannabis rock star. (laughs) Welcome, Jonah. Glad you could be on the show. Thanks for having us. So, Jonah, let's start by getting a handle on what exactly Dabstars is. What was your original intention for starting Dabstars, and what has it has evolved into now? You know, that's exactly what it has been, is kind of an evolution, because what we saw was that people were developing kind of a fame within the cannabis industry, and we had jokingly labeled it famous. So we had gone out, and we had the Dabstar was event, uh, originally just a, a little sticker that people would hold up, and we would take a picture— and we would do a small baseball card style uh, biography about why they, they were cool and what they were doing in cannabis. And that concept kind of took off. And when we started reaching tens of thousands of people, we, we realized that we needed to monetize. And this is something that we really wanted to make into a business. Actually, those cards sound like a lot of fun. Uh, did you actually print them or were they, was it uh, primary social media so they were graphics that were put out? We were born on Facebook. This this is something that we started as a Facebook page. I had created a, a small dot com behind it just because I felt like every everything needed a web page. We were coming out of the dot com bubble, and uh, it took off from there. So social media really opened up a market for us. And when we saw what was there, and we saw the reaction that people had, we were able to develop in, into something bigger. Well, you've obviously had a huge success with social media. Do you have a background in social media yourself, or have you been figuring it out as you go? I, I went to uh, University of, of Mesa in, in Grand Junction, Colorado, for computer science. And this was a long time ago. I started there in 1997, and I had dreams and aspirations of, of conquering that field. So for me to, to end up ultimately working in cannabis is kind of uh, uh, light years away from where I started, but it's certainly applicable. I had saw cannabis go legal and I had been part of the cannabis scene my whole life. I had been growing and selling pot and doing my thing. I had actually gotten bumped off campus for being uh, the pot guy. And so I saw an opportunity to take something that had always been a stigma and had always been a bane to my existence. I had lost plenty of jobs and opportunities as a result of cannabis. And I walked right into the world famous cannabis farmer's market and said, I want to volunteer. So I dropped a business that was doing great at the time and literally took a volunteer position with no money and kind of floated until I I had some traction. But what ultimately happened is I took over the Facebook page for that cannabis farmer's market, and I quietly developed some fame for being able to cultivate the following on uh, social media. And and ultimately, I had five or six big companies that that turned over their social media presence to me 
And when we took on Dabstars, it was kind of a no-brainer to knock one out of the park for ourselves. I think that that idea of being willing to volunteer to get your foot in the door is something that we should uh, highlight right there because, you know, our, our listeners are cannabis entrepreneurs or, or soon-to-be entrepreneurs, and, and sometimes you can't walk into an, an industry that may be new to yourself and, and, you know, demand a fat paycheck, especially when we're all pretty much just running startup companies right now. Would you speak for a moment to the idea of being willing to volunteer and put in sweat equity to, to earn your stripes before you can start charging? I think the reality is is that cannabis is evolving and you really have to look at this as a business paradigm. And in business, that's kind of the way of it. There's internships, there, there's sweat equity, you have to earn your stripes. And in cannabis especially, because this is a community where you had to be brought in because for a long time it was illegal. And if you weren't vetted in, then you couldn't be a part of this. So the people that did ultimately land here uh, are a tight-knit group. And I think that's kind of helped the people that are successful get to where they are because the community really lifts you up if if they know you're a part of them. Well, obviously you've had like, you know, very quick success once you got your hands uh, into cannabis social media. I mean, breaking a million Facebook followers is a big accomplishment in any industry, but to do it in an industry that's technically illegal is astonishing, astonishing. What do you do so differently from other cannabis brands that makes everybody want to follow you? I mean, your social media stuff is so sticky. Uh, what, what do you think is different about your approach? Uh, there's definitely a, a recipe for it. Part of it is having a good team. Uh, Danny Greenfox, the, the current Miss High Times 2015, worked uh, a shitty job at, at night so we could do this for a long time because I understood that this was going to be something, but I wasn't getting paid to do it. So there's a lot of people that put in time to make this happen. And uh, ultimately, what really made us succeed is that we made our page interactive. Dabstars isn't about us. We're a company that recognizes people, products, and businesses that are excelling in cannabis. So we're like a food critic that only gives positive reviews, and it really allowed us to, to gain a lot of headway in the industry. As far as your, your business model goes, I mean, are you, are you recognizing these great products and companies and inviting them to become clients for you so there's a paid relationship between them? Or are you uh, repping these other folks to create original content that people aren't getting elsewhere and so they come to you to find out the best stuff? Uh, it's a mixture of both with, with the mm -hmm. glass artists and the farmers that, that may be uh, living a little closer to the bleeding edge. We don't charge them a thing. We, we feature their content for free. Uh, there's companies that we recognize have created a niche and we'll approach them. And I think we share a couple sponsors in common. Dr. Dabber is a great sponsor of ours. And we didn't pick them up because we wanted to add another pin company. We picked them up because when we do Dabstar giveaways on the ground, they would bring us thousands of dollars of merchandise. And we developed a relationship through their giving back and our own little form of altruism that we do on the ground. You know, that's another good example for our listeners that, you know, you are, by Dr. Dabber, giving you something to give away to your audience, which makes your audience like you more, that warmed you up to them where you want to do a further relationship uh, with them. You know, a lot of the companies in cannabis, they're kind of chintzy about their, about their giveaways and stuff because they, they want everything paid for. But this is a perfect example how by, by Dr. Dabber hooking you up, in the end, it, you know, paid for themselves many times over. Oh, yeah. And I think that's the reality is that it's a reciprocal arrangement and they're not giving us stuff for no reason. They understand that the, the crowd is here and that they have ability to, to reach out to the people that support their business. 
in America, we vote with our dollars. So when you buy a Dr. Dabber pen, you're saying, I want your company to succeed. I'm voting for you because you have a hundred other choices to make. So they have a responsibility to stand out and they have a responsibility to promote cannabis and do the service that they do. If you smoke pot and you pretend that you don't, then you're doing a disservice to the plant. As far as who you rep, do you rep competing folks who are in the same section of the industry or do you only choose one flavor of each product? We traditionally pick one company in each niche. As we get bigger, it gets harder because it's a very limiting uh, business model. Yeah. And uh, we've branched out a little bit. But our idea is that we don't want to be a company that you can just hire because you have money. We have to approach you and say, we like what you're doing. We like what you contribute to the cannabis scene. And we want to represent you. And by doing that, we maintain a quality for our page. Because we touched a little bit on uh, developing social media for a cannabis company. And the reality is uh, there's some very severe restrictions that come into play when you're a company trying to create a social media presence. Uh, one, it's very important to do. Every modern business has a social media presence and your name should be established on everything, whether it's Snapchat, Instagram. You have to own these spaces or when you start to take off, someone else will own them in your name. The restrictions on advertising, Facebook will not let you advertise a cannabis company or a cannabis-related product. Even if, it, if it's completely ancillary, something like nutrients, we saw Remo lose a substantially followed Facebook page because he did a single nutrient advertisement. So our 1.2 million followers is 100% organic. We don't do a single paid ad. So it's very important for us to generate fresh content that's engaging and, and to do it in a way that, that is different than what everybody else is doing. Right on. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, we're going to talk about some of the uh, spectacular stunts that you do to uh, get that organic attention. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. We'll be right back. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on mjwellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out mjwellness.com today. We're back to help entrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Los, and our guest this week is Dabstar's founder, Jonah Tacoma. So before the break, we were talking about your million and a half or so Facebook followers and across social media and, and that it's organically gained because people are really interested in the content you create. And, you know, you've got this reputation for making these grand spectacles. You know, your, your marketing style at Cannabis Cup is really, you know, big, go big or go home. You're usually on top of, you know, a stage 
stage or a shipping container or scaffolding with the mic in your hand, hyping the crowd. And like, everybody's like getting, and they're, you know, it's getting to be a fervor, you know, you're throwing out shirts and, and joints and products and all this kind of stuff. What do you think about that? That get, What do you think about doing that? That gets people so hyped up. What do you think it is about that, that back and forth between the crowd that works so well for you? Uh, it's very visceral. You just gave me goosebumps describing it. And I think that's what it is. It's very easy for me to tap into that energy because it's one thing to stand in a crowd of people and watch a guy do his thing. It's entirely different to be the guy doing your thing in front of that crowd of people. And when you see the, the interaction, when you see uh, 10,000 kids enjoying what you're doing and, and vibing and, and reacting to what you're saying, it's indescribable. So that's fuel for me. And that kind of involved on a whole different level that we started out with the, with the online presence and we had kind of gained a lot of traction on that. We were already the world's biggest dabbing page pretty much from the jump because it was kind of a new movement. And so other companies started picking us up and bringing us to these shows because we didn't have a budget for this. In the beginning, we had one guy whose mom worked for the airport. We got $150 standby tickets and we all slept in one hotel room. I mean, we did a lot to get by. And by the time we started getting to, to the point where we could demand payment and we had people flying us to the shows, we, we saw a different side of cannabis that most people don't get to see. And it, it's really a crazy community of companies and people and supporters that come together to celebrate what we've created. And that happened for me with, with Happy Daddy. They brought me to a small show and they put a, a tiny little megaphone that you would give to a kid at a football game. And I had a crowd all day long. And I'm like, this is something. And we've been doing it ever since. Well, you obviously crush it when you're doing it. I mean, even even when you know when I see you, I like am smiling ear to ear. I'm in this like crush of bodies. Everybody's feeling the vibe. I mean, it's it's an experience, you know. So, is that something that you trained for in advance, or is it just naturally in you because your personality? And so, when you're given the mic in a crowd, you just know what to do. You're a natural at it. I think we all have hidden talents, and for me, that was one I found very late in life because that certainly wasn't something that uh, I had done previously, and it just kind of came. But like I said, I, I think it was the crowd that, that built it. Once you get that kind of reaction and you start tapping into it, it's just kind of natural, and we'll get up there for, for an hour and a half, and I think we did an accounting at one point. We've given away well over a quarter million dollars worth of products, and none of them are our own. Holy smokes. You know, that's one way to really garner favor with an audience, right? You, you're giving away free stuff that somebody else gave you, right? Because yeah, yeah, they like the, you know, the Dr. Dabber or whatever the brand is that you're promoting. But the fact that you are the one giving it to them, you get credit for it. And that's a really great feeling. Yeah, I, I call it a conduit <laughs> for free shit. I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on this show. but Yeah, actually you can, so you're all right. <laughs> and, and that's the kind of arrangement that, that we've created. And that has really blown up on its own to the point where we now get boxes and boxes of stuff sent to the studio. And when we show up at these cups, they bring the stuff to our booth. So it's really cool to see it happen. And, and now they've kind of allowed it to, to grow and we're having a lot of fun with it. That's one of the things I enjoy actually from your, your Instagram feed is to, to see these days you're like, oh man, look at this box of swag we just got. And it's just like, you know, covering your conference tables. It's like, wow, you just want to like dive in like it's a pool. You know, the role that you have in front of the crowd, it's a pretty unique role. Not a lot of folks get to do that. Uh, and I bet you've got some crazy stories, you know, probably more than we have time for. But do you have one kind of like, like you had to be there kind of story that you can drop on us? <laughs> yeah, I, I do actually. It's pretty crazy. We did the last Seattle High Times, and there hasn't been one since. 
because the city hasn't given them a permit since. So they're having some issues setting up out here, but we had a great cup. We had our own little booth and we had two booths next to it that were set up as lounges. And we did what we do. We get up there and we give away free stuff. But we also talk about cannabis and how it's a topical, it's a textile. It's so many things besides what we traditionally take it for. And we talk about how easy it is to get involved in cannabis. So I'm offset. We'd had a great day. I'm super excited, but I'm also dead tired. And this guy walks up with this giant bottle. And uh, it looks like the biggest tincture bottle I've ever seen. And he... uh, hands it over to me and I pull out this giant sword of a dropper and I squeeze it all the way full because it's been a really long day. And I squeeze it under my tongue and I'm holding it there because I want it to absorb. I know how tincture works. And I screw the bottle back together. I'm holding it under my tongue and I look up at the guy and he has just these wide eyes and he's staring at me <laughs> straight out of Cheech and Chong. He says, you just took the most acid I've ever seen. <laughs> and he calls me out in front of everybody and uh, I'm like, acid, my God, I just, that was like 200 hits what I had just taken. I spit it out on the ground instantly and I start rinsing my mouth. But, you know, it doesn't work like that once it's in. No. It's <laughs> and I got on the mic and told everybody it was going to get weird. And it, it got very weird. Miss High Times took me back to the hotel and I swam in the sheets. And it, it was a crazy night. Wow, that that is a crazy. That's a good story. Thanks for sharing that. And actually, it's also a good uh, a good note to uh, don't take stuff, folks, without knowing what you're taking. Dose yourself, you know. <laughs> that was the last thing I said on the mic was stay away from the high time tincture, and then it was bye bye from there. So, so we got to talk about the the drive through video, of course. Um, you know, probably the the biggest thing that um, a lot of folks know about you is is this amazing YouTube video that you've got out of of you going through a drive through, and uh, you offer to pay for your your meal with a dab, and you give these these guys a dab through the window, and it's you know it's pretty hardcore, and then you take a dab yourself and you drive off, and this just lit up the internet, like like people had a reaction action to it, whether or not they thought that it was like totally the sickest thing they had ever seen somebody do and like you were a hero or they're all like, what an ass because the guys eventually got fired and you're driving, you know, after your dad, like, so people were either loving it or hating it. But from a marketing point of view, it was freaking brilliant, you know? And so, so, you know, can you share with us the backstory about that? Cause there's lots of rumors about it, how it happened. But since you're here, like, like what is the story behind that video? To start off, you're, you're right. It was extraordinarily divisive in terms of uh, how the cannabis community reacted to the video. Our YouTube is very small in terms uh, of our stature on Facebook. And we were born on Facebook and we decided later on that we had to own these other mediums. But we weren't set up to produce video at the time. So our YouTube was much smaller and our videos would get 1,000, 2,000 views and the people that watched them were hardcore dabbers. So when we did the drive through dabbing video... It happened on a break. It was kind of a random thing. And we went through there jokingly. They were aware of the fact that we were recording. And we told them we'd give them a week before we released the video. And no one thought that it would be seen by anybody that would matter. And uh, we posted the video. And it just kind of took off. <laughs> so the, the, the manager was alerted to it. And uh, the employees were let go. And the news got a hold of the fact that the employees let go. And I'm in Portland opening the new Dabstar shop, the first Dabstar dispensary. And I get a call from Matt Markovich, Como 4 News. And we do regular work for him. They call us and we go on and do little pieces about dabbing. And we explain why, it, why it's safe and why it's relevant and why it has to re- remain a part of the market. And so we're used to doing sound bites for him. So I didn't think anything of it. 
So he says, hey, I want to do a piece with you real quick uh, about this drive through dabbing thing. And I'm like, well, I would love to, but I'm in Portland. He says, uh, let me see if they'll let me uh, come down to Portland real quick. So I knew that something was wrong because they're not going to come from Seattle. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I'm already getting nervous. And he calls me back and says his sister station in Portland's going to cover it. So they come by and they do it. Now I'm really nervous because at least I know Matt is a cannabis-friendly reporter. And uh, what ultimately happened is the piece was played uh, internationally. It was nationally syndicated. So Fox picked it up. Everyone picked it up locally. Uh, even uh, Munchies played it. And Vice did a much better portrayal than probably anybody else did. But it played in China. It played in Europe. It played everywhere. It probably got 30 or 40 million views in totality, and it got so much uh, press for our little tiny YouTube that it got half a million views on our YouTube, which to us isn't a big deal because our videos on Facebook get half a million views. But it was a big deal for YouTube, and it was a big deal to the press. And uh, at the end of the day, there's no bad press. Yeah, and I guess that's a good uh, good thing to point out that you know you've got to try lots of these little things as far as social media goes to wait for something to hit a home run. You know, you probably did a whole bunch of different ideas, and you know, you know, thousand, two thousand views. But like you said, you did this kind of on a whim during a break, and boom, it goes big, and is a reminder to people in social media to don't expect their first or everything to hit. But it's about continuing to try and trying new things, and then something eventually will hit. Yeah, and it explains that there's a double-edged sword at play there. You can hurt yourself in a single blow as easily as you can help yourself. So there's a lot of videos that we put a ton of production time into. I mean, flights, uh, crews that were hired, camera teams, and they were seen by a thousand people. And then you take a cell phone video in a drive through parking lot and the whole world sees it. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks, Jonah, for explaining that. We're going to take another short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gontrepreneur will return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at CarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. InternetMarketingNinjas.com is the online dojo of the highly trained and skilled Internet Marketing Ninjas. Disavow documents, reconsideration requests, Panda and Penguin penalties. Let our superior SEO ninjas confront all of your link-related issues. The Internet Marketing Ninjas are equipped to master any marketing exercise, content creation, authorship, link building, PPC, and more. Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at internetmarketingninjas.com. We're back to help gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur only on CannabisRadio.com. 
Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. And our guest this week is Dabstar's founder, Jonah Tacoma. So before the break, we were talking about Jonah's clients and, and how he puts them in front of his overwhelmingly large audience of cannabis enthusiasts. So Jonah, you know, when you get a new client, what do you think about to yourself about how best you can represent them? I'm sure that, you know, I, I've watched your different clients and how you rep them in different ways. There's probably some method to your madness about what you decide you're going to do for a client. How do you think through that to kind of put, give a picture of it to our, our audience? I think every company has a core aesthetic. And what's important to remember is not to compromise that because at the end of the day, it's what got you the client to begin with. So you have to have control over the material that you put out. And in our case, particularly, we have complete control over the adver advertising content. We don't allow them to generate uh, ads per se. We take on a client and we start to sculpt their image and we uh, create a base for them and we kind of take the temperature as we go and we develop it. And our contracts are based on performance delivery. So there's no hard feelings, there's no expectations that aren't met. We have hard numbers that we're going to hit and we have expectations for where we're going to take you. And if we haven't hit them in our contract period, then we continue to work on them until we have. So we have a very straightforward relationship with our clients and we're so particular about who we'll work with, that it kind of allows us to pick and choose the companies that are out there. You know, if you look across the country into uh, states that are beginning to normalize, we're starting to see these little uh, boutique marketing companies who are, you know, they've got the vision of doing what you have already done. You know, what kind of words of advice would you offer to these, you know, up and coming cannabis marketers from you, somebody who has already found their way there? I think it all starts in the trenches. You have to be willing to get out there and just become a part of the community. We're very close-knit, but that also means that the door is not open to strangers. You have to get out here. You have to put a little bit of yourself on the line and, and let people meet you. And I think the rest of it comes naturally. So you see these new companies pop up. Every time there's a High Times Cup or a new event, you'll see a new company. And some of these guys come really hard. The The reality is, is we're in the, the branding phase now. Philip Morris and Camel, the, the Marlboro Camel battle that happened when we were young, those guys fought to establish their brands. And then the federal government came in and said, your product can't be advertised. And they said, fine, we've established ourselves. And for anybody else that wants to enter that space, they can't do anything to get into that space. And we're seeing the same thing happen in cannabis. The people in Colorado that have gone recreational aren't allowed to advertise their products. They're not allowed to attend these events and give away any product. They're very restricted in what they can do to advertise. So the idea is to build your brand first and monetize secondary if you, if you have the ability to do it. So you have diversified Dabstars in lots of different ways over the years. And now it seems like you're going through another big rush and a push right now. What is next for Dabstars? What are some of these new projects that you've got coming for the brand? Uh, you know what? At the end of the day, this is real business now. So I put together a business plan and a prospectus on Dabstars, and I went to a venture capitalist meeting that consisted primarily of real estate guys from New York. And I said, look, these are the numbers that make people rich. I need someone else that understands where to go from here. And one guy raised his hand in the back, and uh, they were from New York. I was from Washington, so we started meeting in Las Vegas. And they were putting me up in these tremendous suites and whining and dining us. But they turned out to be really good guys and they understand that this is a huge growth industry and there's so many people trying to get in. So we established some traction and then we were able to take in a lot of money to do what we want. So we've opened up a Dabstar dispensary in Portland. Uh, we have Dabstars.com, which has a new clothing line that, that's launching and we're going in as many directions as we possibly can. 
how big is your company as far as employees go? I mean, that we, we, we see, I, you know, I've seen like four or five folks pretty regularly. Uh, how many employees do you have at this point? Uh, you know what? It started out with just me and Danny and it really took a lot. It was a mom and pop business for a long time. So it was me and her. She does all the shipping to this day and uh, it evolved from there. But now we have offices in Washington, uh, office in Oregon and an office in Brooklyn. And there's about 20 people that come together to make all this happen. So there's a big group of people that have their stake in this and what it really takes to succeed is career level energy devoted to cannabis. So understand that this is a, a real gold mine. I think that it's a good uh, point, too, that how much can be done with just a few passionate people. You don't have to spend a lot of money if you have people who are passionate and they feel like they belong and that when the company makes it, they will make it, too. That kind of loyalty, man, you can't buy that. That's exactly right. And uh, I think you'll see a lot of that in the cannabis community. And there's a lot of people that are hungry just to be a part of what's going on because we understand this is our generation's time to, to make an addition our parents smoked pot and our generation made it legal. I think that is an awesome way to end this. So Jonah, thanks so much for being on the show. It's nice to talk to another marketing pro. I really appreciated it. Oh, it was an honor and a privilege. Thank you. Jonah Tacoma is founder of Dabstars. You can find out more at dabstars.com. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of this podcast. You can also download the gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. We are also thrilled to announce that you can now find the show on the iHeartRadio Network app, bringing Gontrepreneur to 60 million mobile devices. Thanks to Brasco for producing our show. I am your host, Shango Los. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.